whose opinion of you matters the most? Is it somebody else's? Because there are a lot of opinions. And if you're going to base what you do and what somebody else says about you, you're going to be going back and forth like the ocean. Just <laughs> any way that someone says it, you know, something about you, you're going to, yeah, just going to be ebb and flowing. So for me, it was finding that baseline of God really is the one who I care about. His opinion matters the most. It's not even my own opinion that matters the most because I have pretty critical of myself. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and I'm just stoked that you're here with us today. If you've never heard of the show before, maybe you're here because of our guests today, which I would imagine is a lot of you. It's going to be a fun episode, so much so that we're recording it twice because the last time it just did. Oh, we're here for the second time. It's going to be fun. But today's episode is special because not only is it brought to you by our amazing sponsors at Life Audio, but we've got a metalcore legend in the house today, and you'll understand why after I butcher this intro. Today's guest is the drummer of the two-time Grammy-nominated metalcore band August Burns Red. And if you know anything about me, I like my screamy, screamy music, and I've always been an advocate for angry music for happy people, so we're just going to have to dive right in. They have a new record coming out on March 24th called Death Below, and we're so excited to be amongst the first to hear about it. Please help me welcome Mr. Matt Greiner. Matt, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me. I I know that that was uh, just as good as last time. I think it was even better. So good for you. You're you're good at this. You're really good at this job. I'm just trying to get a little bit more on your level, you know? I I didn't practice in the mirror, but I feel like I did, you know. It just felt like the best part of the podcast episode so far. So thanks for mm-hmm. making time to do this again uh, with no Wi-Fi issues this time in Jesus' name. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough doing this kind of thing on the road. So if you're listening to this or maybe even watching this, um, yeah. we are currently on our 20-year anniversary tour, which means we are moving so today we are in Eugene, Oregon on a day off. And what happens is you wake up on the bus and you walk off the bus to find a bathroom, some food, and then you, you find a place somewhere in the lobby, hopefully, to connect to Wi-Fi. The challenge is you have zero control over any factor, like how great is the Wi-Fi, how loud is it going to be, who's going to be walking past you. Is there a place to plug in your computer? There's just so many variables. And so the other day we tried to do this. <laughs> it was it was frustrating. I mean, it's so frustrating when you start to record and you feel like you have something really good and then it just all goes away. I think what happened was it was a really windy day. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it, it was like 30 to 40 mile per hour winds that day in El Paso, Texas. Yeah. And so I, I just assumed that that had something to do with the Wi-Fi connectivity and maybe it it didn't. But either way, I have pretty good Wi-Fi here today. And I'm really thankful for the Marriott. Uh, shout out to the Marriott. I was walking around the lobby trying to find a table. And a lady came up to me and she said, hi, someone in your group asked about a conference room for you to do press in today. Follow me. That's where I am. So I'm, I'm literally in an empty room. There are four. There are three other empty tables. I'm at the fourth, and there's no one else in here. It's really nice. And Come private. on, 
Yeah. Shout out to the Marriott in Eugene, Oregon. Let's go. Yeah. Put that on the bucket list for uh, the ABR. Uh, what would it be? Uh, send people on a road trip, you know? Just like we have to go to the Marriott in Eugene, Oregon, find this conference room where Matt did the Trevor Talks interview. That's where you have to find. But, if there's, dude. If there's nothing else you get out of this episode, it's that. That this becomes a uh, a location on a map that people – oh, that is that is where that happened. They came through for him. Marriott is great, but this one particular – have you heard of the one in Eugene, Oregon? <laughs> It's incredible. I've never even heard of Eugene, Oregon for the first of all. Well, we're but putting it on the map right now. We're putting it on the map. The ABR map to success includes McDonald's coffee and mm. Eugene, Oregon. So, mm-hmm. dude, 20 years of angry music for happy people. I was able to catch the show in Atlanta. It was packed to the brim, first of all. Bleed From Within did an amazing job. The Devil Wears Prada came out and ripped an amazing set and then you guys just come out for about uh over an hour just ripping it like it doesn't stop you guys don't give any breathers which i'm thankful for because it's just like your face is getting melted off for over an hour and it's like Mm -hmm. therapeutic Mm -hmm. for weird people like me that just like get screamed at for an hour i enjoyed it um it's an amazing tour oh from the matt griner chair the drum chair that gets to see everything from the back of the stage how are you feeling about this run? It's phenomenal from my end. How are you feeling about it? Um, honestly, just really humbled by it all. I, um, I, I guess in the past couple of years, I've realized I have a little bit of, I, I have, I guess I'll just embrace it instead of saying a little bit. I have performance anxiety to a certain extent, which I've never actually said on the record, and it kind of sucks to say something like that out loud, but. I think it's better for me to just say it than to ignore it. And so what I've been doing can't really help it or control it. Um, I think what, what, what has been really helpful for me on this tour is going for a run before I play. And I'll, um, so here's what I do 20 minutes before we play devil Wars Prada is done. So it's typically nine o'clock. We play at nine twenty, which means at nine twenty, you're going from zero to a hundred miles an hour. Unless you get yourself in motion before that. So what I figured out is a really good strategy for me is to go for a run. Um, I put on my plane shorts, my plane shoes, and shirt, and then I put on my Grinder Farms jacket, typically because it's pretty heavy. It's like a Carhartt, you know, like a workwear yeah. jacket, and a beanie, um, and I go for a run. And and it's it's not just about getting my heart rate up, but it's about praying. And I'll, I'll do this thing where I'll kind of like box my way uh, as I run down the sidewalk of whatever city I'm in. And I don't go far because I need to make sure I don't miss stage time. But, um, but what happens is I, I started doing this in Dallas, which would have been after <clears throat> our show in Atlanta. So this is a kind of a recent discovery for me. But I'll just pray that God can use me in a way that only he can. And the reason for this is if I have a really good show, it tends to make you cocky. If you have a really bad show, it tends to make you insecure and make you want to crawl into a corner. Well, either of those two outcomes are not great. And once I I thought about that and realized that I thought, well, why not go for the best of both worlds, which is you might have a great show in your terms. You might have a terrible show based on what you think is bad, but 
if you're doing this for a bigger reason than just how you play, which I'm very performance oriented, I'm very task oriented, um, then, then that's where I want to be. And, and so I started praying quietly because you feel like a crazy person otherwise. And then I realized, well, I'm kind of getting distracted. So I started praying out loud. So I'm literally running down the street, throwing these little jabs. <laughs> and I'm like, dear God, thank you so much for bringing me here. I pray over tonight's show that it wouldn't be about fear of man, fear of what other people think, fear of anything else other than just giving you glory. I know that you got me here. I know you can do more than anyone else can with this show, with this performance. And it's, it's really not even about me. And all of a sudden the weight's taken off of you and you go out there and you just, if there's that thought that creeps in, which it does, ah, I sucked at that part or, ah, that person, you know, thinks I'm terrible or, ah, people don't like this or whatever it might be. Um, you just get rid of it and you say, well, no, I'm not, I'm not playing for that reason. And, um, it's been really helpful to me. So what it's left me feeling is just grateful that I get to do this and just, just, yeah, just very humbled by the fact that people are coming out of the woodwork to see us play. So many sold out shows, selling a ton of merch. Like people are really stoked on the show and, and uh, that makes me very happy, very grateful. Come on. And it's interesting that just right off the bat, you bring up the performance anxiety because watching you play, you, you don't see that. It's not something that I've ever thought of. Like, I bet Matt's having terrible anxiety up there today. Right. Because you just, it, you're a whole different person. Like, you're super nice and kind right now, but when you're on stage, it looks like you want to like eat somebody's face. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to think about. So thank you for being vulnerable and opening up about that because so many people out there are struggling with anxiety, depression, uh, suicidal ideation, and they feel so alone and compartmentalized in their own minds. And hearing from someone like yourself, especially for these aspiring drummers and musicians, maybe pastors, uh, leaders of the next generation, there's a good chance that they're going to experience the same thing and hearing your story and hearing what you're able to overcome and how you're able to overcome it is going to encourage them to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I I think for me it I, I think for me I had to re um, I had to just look at what's happening in my head or in my body right. So when you're getting ready to perform and you're having anxiety, what's happening is you're in my case I'm afraid of what people think. Like, I'm afraid that I will let people down. That That's part of my personality. I, I don't want to fail people. I don't want to let people down. I want to overachieve. I want to do better than what people are thinking or, or at least do as well. And with a set like we have, you're talking about an hour and 25 minutes of eighth notes, 16th notes, 16 note triplets, 32nd notes. There are so many hits. And if you're, if you're looking at this saying, I have to get every single thing right, that's insane. But that was the metric that I was using to say, if I don't do that, then here's the outcome and it's bad, right? So if you're listening to this and you're thinking performance anxiety, I don't have that. Well, I think everybody has it a little bit if they, especially if they care. Yeah. Like if I didn't care about this job, I wouldn't be thinking those thoughts. I would just be having a couple beers and going on stage and having the time of my life, but I wouldn't be playing that well. Yeah. And so I care and I care too. I care about my job and what I do, the thing that God gave me, 
but I care too much what other people think. And so if I can get rid of that and think, I actually really only care what God thinks. That's the thing that matters the most. Then all of a sudden you're free. But I, I didn't know how to do that on my own. Like I'm not medicated for anything. I'm not, I've never seen a doctor about any of this I, and I've never really gotten good advice on it either. My advice would be what, whose opinion of you matters the most. Is it somebody else's? Because there are a lot of opinions. And if you're going to base what you do and what somebody else says about you, you're going to be going back and forth like the ocean. Just <laughs> any way that someone says it, you know, something about you, you're going to, yeah, just going to be ebb and flowing. So for me, it was finding that baseline of God really is the one who I care about. His opinion matters the most. It's not even my own opinion that matters the most because I have pretty critical of myself. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than one episode, then you know how much I advocate for therapy. I don't shut up about it. Heck, half of the episodes, we're talking about therapy because mental health is just as important as your physical health. And we know that finding the right support for your mental health can be a challenge. And that's why I want to tell you about our brand new sponsor here at Trevor Talks, BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com offers a convenient and discreet way for people to receive mental health support from the comfort of their own home with a wide range of therapists to choose from and the ability to communicate via text, phone, or video, BetterHelp.com makes it easy to find the right support for your needs. One of the main benefits of using BetterHelp.com is the flexibility that it provides. You can access therapy sessions from anywhere you have an internet connection and choose from a variety of communication methods, including text, phone, and video. Where else are you going to find this, guys? I don't know. BetterHelp.com also uses a wide range of therapists to choose from with specialties in various areas such as anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. We have a special offer for you guys. BetterHelp.com is offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first month of therapy services. So if you've been thinking about getting into therapy and it's just been too expensive, BetterHelp.com is a lot cheaper than going to a traditional brick-and-mortar therapy service. Uh, those are great also, but if you want to get it a little bit cheaper to fit your budget, BetterHelp.com is the best spot for you. If you want to receive this 10% discount, go visit BetterHelp.com for forward slash Trevor talks. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks to receive 10% off of your first month. What the heck? This is amazing. And I'm excited to bring you this offer. If you're looking for convenient, flexible and effective mental health, mental health support, be sure to check out betterhelp.com and don't forget betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks for 10% off of your first month of therapy services. Please note that the information provided in this promotional segment is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or mental health advice. If you are in need of immediate help, please call 911 or seek support from a local mental health provider. Betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor Talks. Let's get back to the show. Do you, do you think that speaks to what you were thinking or, or yeah, does this make 100%. sense to you? Yeah. yeah, and I just want to recommend you an amazing resource called Heart Support that you can reach out at any time to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I just admit it. Like, you would never think 
that Matt Greiner has uh, performance anxiety. It's something I've struggled with. It's something that I know a ton of like people in general, like even college students, like getting up to do public speaking. Like there are numerous stories you can find on YouTube of people like physically throwing up and getting sick from this stuff. It's a very real thing. And it's hard to explain. Um, I grew up in Georgia in a very tiny town and talking about anxiety, depression, all these things growing up was a no-go like it's not masculine it's not this it's not that you're this you're that you're being a wimp that's all mm-hmm. i grew up hearing when yeah. i was struggling with panic disorder which was undiagnosed until i graduated high school like mm-hmm. it's a very real topic to discuss mm-hmm. and it's so real it's so real yeah. for so many people out there including us and for being in a band for 20 years and just finding this out, you've had to overcome a lot along mm-hmm. the way. Um, I can't even imagine some of the instances you found yourself in, but for somebody out there right now, they needed to hear you say that. So thank mm-hmm. you for saying it and bringing it up. Um, somebody out there is encouraged. I know I'm encouraged hearing about it, but I want to really talk about the backstory to Matt Grider, not necessarily mm-hmm. ABR, in particular, whatever you think fits that mold for you personally. Um, This band started over 20 years ago. You are not the same Matt Griner that picked up the drumsticks on the farm the first time. You've grown. What did that look like for you growing up? Yeah, I, I agree with you that I've, you know, obviously changed a lot in 20 years. But what's weird is you look back and you're, you think to yourself, I, I don't really think I'm that much different as a person. What drives me isn't all that much different. What I what I like and dislike isn't all that much different. And I think it's because we started the band when we were so 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 young that we we formed an identity of who we are very early on. So I was 17, and at that point, you're you're pretty much raised according to your parents' standards. So I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong. I knew God. Um, I knew what was evil in the world. But what but what I learned probably the most was how judgmental I was about other people. And when when people hear the word judgment or judgmental, they they think that it's a bad thing always. And actually that's that's not true because we're we're constantly making judgments throughout the day. We have to, otherwise we're just a pushover who doesn't stand for anything. You have to stand for something, especially in this day and age. There's so many things that you're being sold and told. But what I had messed up was that I had the answer because of who I was or because of how I lived my life. And that's not the gospel. The way that Christianity spells it out, I mean, the the basis of the gospel is that you don't have it figured out. And as soon as you're willing to admit that, then, then you have a relationship with God through Jesus that anyone can have. And when we started the band, I was this judgmental little kid who would look around and be like, Oh my gosh, that guy over there smoking a cigarette. Can you believe oh, that? God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Like he's smoking a cigarette. That is just awful. Like, why would he do that? What happened with the band was our singer, Jake, joined in 2006, 2007 era. And he came from a totally different life than me. Broken home, didn't trust anyone, had been had been um, just 
just lied to and been raised in a world that I knew nothing about. And I had been raised in a home that was intact and honest and had integrity. And yeah, we weren't perfect, but we believed that God loved us and that we could love each other with that same love. That was so far into Jake. So we would drive together and he would tell me about his, you know, messed up world. And I tell him about my messed up world. And we taught each other how we could really um, like learn from this in a way that God loves us and the world is really broken. He needed to know that God loves us. I think he would say that. And I needed to learn that the world was broken and messed up. And there's anyone that's taken that idea of God loving us and God caring about us to a level that affects a lot of people. It's Jake. It's amazing to see what God's done in his life through, like you said, heart support and the work that he's done with, with people. But he's only able to do that because he has an understanding of how broken and messed up the world is. And I'm only able to live in a way that made me humble and be like, dude, you got to sit down and figure your own stuff out. It's not about you. It's not about what you're doing with your life. In order for me to see that, you know, we're all in the same boat here. And you can learn a lot from your neighbor who doesn't know God and love God. You can learn a lot from the person who doesn't believe the same way you do, probably more than someone in your church or someone that you're, you're, you're already friends with. Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, just think about your neighbor that walks over to you while you're on a tractor, like not knowing why people listen to AVR, but he knows people are listening to it. Like mm-hmm. coming from a small t- or such a uh, interesting part of the country, you know, you've got Amish farms all around you. You've got furniture everywhere. You've got amazing hats. Like there's people living a completely different lifestyle that aren't necessarily going to understand what the messages that you're putting out past all the screaming. Uh, they're not going to dive into the lyrics. They're not really going to understand it, but you know that's what God's put you on this earth to do. Um, growing up in Lancaster, right? Yeah, Saying it right? Yeah, yes. corrected me last time. <laughs> Got it down. Growing up in Lancaster on a farm, with chickens and all of the things, where did metalcore even come into the picture for you? Mm-hmm. It's a great question, and you said it right. That's that's awesome. That's not an easy thing to figure out when you're used to land. I take pride. I take pride <laughs> because you know I uh, initially Lancaster was what I thought it was, so right. I got the grinder lesson on how to say it, and I'm just grateful. So thank you. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> Thank you. We 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 found out. I found out about heavy music from a fest called Cornerstone and a yeah. festival called Creation. Have you heard of those? Yeah, um, Under Oath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's Under go. Oath. Exactly. Yeah. So when I found this style of music at Creation, I think was the first time. I just couldn't believe that there was. I couldn't believe that you were allowed to do this on a drum set, but you were allowed to like play a drum solo for four minutes. And it just, it didn't have to be the same old four, four, four to the floor. Um, no odd time signatures. A drum fill is, I don't know, three sixteenth notes long and metal drumming or 
more alternative types of music, there, there, there's just more liberties you can take. And I, I love that about the style. For me, it wasn't about like the teenage angst that a lot of people talk about. You know, like, I, oh, I can, I can, um, it's like a release for me and I can take my aggression out. For me, it was never that. It was, yeah. it, it was this style of music that is so incredibly challenging on drums. And I'm up for the challenge. And when I found friends that like the same kind of music as me, we just took off. The thing was, I was homeschooled. So a lot of my friends, the the most out there band that my homeschooled friends would listen to is like Dave Matthews band. Like, oh my gosh, you listen to Dave Matthews band? Like, they were Ooh. edgy, bro. Edgy people. I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave Matthews band? Oh, man. I mean, Carter... Beaufort is an amazing drummer, but it didn't grab me. And so when I found out about this heavier kind of music, it consumed my my thinking because I just wanted I saw this this puzzle in front of me, right? And I I I had the means to start the puzzle, but there were just so many pieces to it. And I couldn't wait to like put a couple more together and I kept seeing the fuller picture of this thing and it just grabbed me. Like I'd be landscaping eight to 10 hours a day in the summer of 2002, 2003, 2004. And I would just be on the mower thinking about breakdowns. Like I want to make this breakdown. This should be like this. This should be like this. I'd go home. I'd go up to the barn, take my shirt off. I'm already sweaty from work and sunburn. I'd sit down and play for three hours. And if, if you've ever done anything like this, or if you're listening to this and you've ever had that kind of like, you really got hooked by this, it's amazing hobby or um, job. Even it's, it's the coolest thing. Cause it just takes over and it makes you so happy and it challenges you. That's something I wanted to say earlier, actually, Trevor. Um, <laughs> it's good to be challenged. It's, it's not a terrible thing. If you're feeling anxious about something that you're about to do. That's actually, I would consider that a good thing because the, the alternative to that is that you're not putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Like there's a reason our body does that it's because you're a little bit afraid and you're a little bit intimidated and you're a little bit, um, it's like you stand at the face of a mountain going, Oh man, palms get sweaty. How am I going to do this? That's good. I tell my students all the time, we need to take on more responsibility, not less. We need to do more challenging things with our lives, not, not fewer. And that, that is a, a problem, I think, that is going to yield a terrible result in years and years and years to come is that people are not willing to do the work. Yeah. And if you're willing to do the work, there, there, there aren't a whole lot of people around you. Think of, think of, think of the competition. 99% of people are not willing to, to actually do the work. If you are, you're in the 1%. Not a whole lot of people there with you. So do things that aren't comfortable. Like start start a metal band and figure out how to get really good at drums. It's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And yeah. it's teaching me so, – it's taught me so, – teaching. You know, obviously not English. It's taught me so much <laughs> about about how to how to work hard even when you feel like quitting. Yeah. And it 
something that doesn't get talked about very often, and it might even be a hot take. So I'll just say from my experience, what I have noticed for myself is not all anxiety is bad anxiety. If Mm -hmm. you're anxious about something, it could be an excited, anxious, like you care about this. It's giving you adrenaline. It's making you feel hyped about it. So one thing that I've had to go through in what's called EDMR therapy is how to try and differentiate the difference between good anxiety and bad anxiety. There Mm. are such things as that. It is 100% true, Um, but it's not really cool or trendy right now to talk about good anxiety. It's like, oh, I'm crippled. I need to do this, and I'm not talking down about it. something I experienced. Totally get it, 100%, being sympathetic, but also not avoiding a conversation you know that's um that is very well said i i don't know much about what what people have to say about this but i agree with what you're saying in that fight or flight is a yes is an innate feature of our bodies and i by looking around and observing people around me i am very empathetic to the fact that life is is hard and 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 life being hard doesn't favor any particular person that is a lie taught by the Western, you know, Christian Church. In my opinion, yeah. that um, just because you're a Christian, you can avoid hard things. That is nonsense. <laughs> but um, it's so such a dumb thing to think. It's, it's so dumb. It's ridiculous. So when when you expect things that are challenging or painful or setbacks to come, you're not surprised by them. This is a Dr. Tim Keller idea that just blew my mind when he said it. So many people are surprised when they face things that are challenging or hard. And so not only do they have to deal with the hard thing, but they also have to get over the fact that they're they're not supposed to be going through this. So get rid of one of those elements. Don't be surprised by it. Life is really hard. If you need a reminder, listen to Jordan Peterson. Um, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll tell you over and over again. And then beyond that, that's a good thing. It's, it, we're being made more into the kind of person that we should be. That's another thing I pray when I, I run, which is, God, make me into someone better than when I was before I started this show. Like you're, 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 you're probably not going to change all that much if you're constantly pulling back whenever you feel that rush of adrenaline or anxiety or fear. Don't pull back from it. Don't pull back from it because it's going to take the space. It's like farming. <laughs> Nature abhors space. So if we don't plant corn or soybeans in a field, it's just soil. What's going to grow? Weeds. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots and lots of weeds. So you have to actually plant something. You have to do something that's going to create a border. And when you do that, weeds can't take its place because there's already something there. I I think that this is something that we're figuring out as we talk about it. But it's something that we've been living for years and, and we're being told, no, it's it's this thing. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry that you're having to go through that. I am empathetic that you're having to go through hard things, but everybody has to go through hard things. And actually what you can say is good for you because think about what it could do for you. Think about the kind of person you can be on the other side of this. Actually, you can be thankful for it in some weird way that you're having to go through a divorce or you're having to go through a, um, a loss of a family member or this terrible health thing. It's, it's devastating and it's awful. And I'm, and I'm so sorry, but in the same sentence wow think of the opportunity and and thankfully we can go through that 
if we have a relationship with God, with someone who knows the pain more than we could ever even imagine because he experienced it for us. He laid down his life. He delivered the sentence is what he did. (laughs) As, as Jake would say, you know, (laughs) I wrote that lyric. I wrote that lyric and uh, I'm proud of that one. Every time it gets sang, we're not playing that song on this tour, which I've I noticed to a few fans. I about. noticed They're like, where's Defender? And where is it? It's uh, it's a banger. I mean, it is a freaking banger. Speaking of bangers, why we're here today. <laughs> Death Below is coming mm-hmm. out at the tail end of this month, dude. And it's weird for me to think that nobody else is hearing this music yet because i just keep listening back to it and i'm like holy frick like this is this is something else so from matt griner's point of view what separates death below uh from the rest of the records you put out aside from the fact that there are two songs on this record that are over seven minutes long which i'm Mm. here for like who cares about (laughs) algorithms and things y'all deliver the sentence yet again so take it away mm-hmm. yeah what do you want to know about the album dude tell us about the conception of this album one thing that really okay. intrigued me was it it seems darker but then you have songs like revival that end with the lyric which i want to quote correctly this is the start of my comeback which mm-hmm. I found to be such a powerful lyric. So mm-hmm. tell us about the conception of this record. Uh, it's darker than the previous ones, but it's also heavier, in my opinion. So yeah. I love it. Why are the fans going to love it? And uh, tell us about the conception of this thing. Yeah, that's a, actually a good way to sum it up. It's heavier. It's heavier than some previous albums. But it's it's more... A fan yesterday at Meet and Greet said, Hey, I like you guys a lot. But I like more of the atmospheric, kind of ethereal sounding yes. parts more. And we're like, okay, you'll like Death Below. Yeah. Because um, some of our previous albums most recently did, didn't have a whole lot. It was like, you know, it was very quick to move along and there wasn't a lot Which, of space. No one complained about that, by the way. So this is y'all right. making some, even, you're expanding your sound even more is what's happening and i'm here Uh for it it's it's phenomenal thank you i i think people will like this album who like august burns red because it's it's heavy and it's atmospheric sounding and it's um dark and it's complex and it's kind of linear well thought out there's so many textures you're going to hear something new 10 times after you listen to it for the first time and i think new fans are going to come into the fold because it's just the best thing we've ever done, like musically and lyrically. I, I actually only wrote one lyric for this album. So for me to say that is not helpful to my case. Uh, I wrote most of the lyrics on Constellations and Messengers and, and Leveler. Most, I mean, half maybe or three quarter. But um, Brent and Jake did an amazing job on this album writing lyrics. And Jake, and there's something about the way that he writes, like Mariana's Trench, where you read the lyric or you hear it being delivered, if you will, and it really speaks to you. And it's because he um, he doesn't care what people think about him. He doesn't care 
um, if it's right or wrong to say a certain thing, he's going to write based on, on his heart, on his experience. And so that translates through music. Since it's not phony, it's not generic, it's, it's genuine and authentic. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that, that's death below. It's, it's us. It is authentic, genuine August Burns Red circa 2023, 20 years into our career. Come on. And why do you think this is the right time for the message that is being carried with Death Blow in 2023? Okay. So the album title comes from the lyric I wrote. Um, and it's about kind of what we were talking about in this episode, funny enough. How you can you can do everything in your power and it's still not enough. You come up short over and over and over again. So the lyric talks about walking a tightrope and there's death below. Think think about that metaphor. I mean, you your palms get sweaty thinking about walking this tightrope between buildings, and you know if you don't make it, you're done. That's it. And yet when you realize once you realize that it's not the responsibility and the burden doesn't fall on just you, it's the most freeing thing in the world because it's, it's no longer this tightrope. It's a bridge and it's no longer death below you. It's just water. It's actually, it's actually pretty harmless. You're just looking at it. You can take it in. You can enjoy this process. Um, I've never said that before and it just kind of came to me, but I, I think it's a good way to sum up what the lyric and what the idea is for death below check it out come on yeah everybody you have to go check it out um i would honestly go ahead and say that one of my favorite songs on the record is the intro song uh how do you pronounce this premonition 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 which it's just this whole record is phenomenal and i know we're running out of time so we'll go ahead and close man like it's actually good that the episode that we were recording, like we were able to start over because this is so meaningful, man. Like mm-hmm. what we were able to discuss today is more important than anything we could ever tell about August Burns Red's history and the 20 years that led out. Like there are documentaries, there are things that are telling those stories, but I feel like this conversation in particular was able to showcase what God's done in your life, what the music is going to translate to for fans and it's really going to give people a sense of hope. So thank you so much for taking time to do this, man. I'm so glad that we got to connect with you in Eugene, Oregon, on this 20-year <laughs> anniversary tour from the Marriott. So thank That's you right. so much for being here. Everybody, go check out Ghost Notes on your favorite podcast platforms. If you need some drum lessons, Matt's got some amazing resources, including one-on-one drum lessons that you can do um, via mm-hmm. live stream over the internet. Go pre-save Death Below, buy some merch, or I will find you. Um, I think I've threatened to find people more in this episode than any other before. So, Matt, thank you for being here. Loved having you. And if you're struggling today, um, I'm just so thankful for heart support and the work they're doing. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, please go to YouTube, comment on this YouTube video with Matt. And it's going to link straight to the heart support wall to where people could come and love on you, um, share some inspiration that they've been able to find through their way on their mental health journey. And uh, we just want you to know you're loved. So, again, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you for being here, Matt. Go check out Death Below. 
and uh, see ABR when they come to town. All the links will be in the description below. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.